Randy Sorry. has a lot to say. Randy has an opinion. He used to go to that person. <laughs> He's seen some things. He has cousins there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my cousin got <laughs> locked up. Same iron that I'm made of. Good day and good evening and good night good night welcome back welcome back to episode 13 dun, dun, dun. Ooh, spooky spooky number 13 wow wow <laughs> this is round four of our podcast journey of our, our series uh yeah number four of the paranormal if you that's better um you're listening to the insomnia report yep i am margo and i'm elizabeth and we are the two friends and roommates that just like to have conversations about the things that keep us up at night night. (laughs) (laughs) um so thanks for listening if it is your first time listening welcome if you've been with us before welcome back we hope you all had a wonderful happy healthy holiday season we'll go ahead and get into it uh we'll jump right Mm -hmm. in i'm going to light the candle would you like to give me an update what has kept you up yeah shout out also to kirsten and jessica yes for the candles we got a lot of insomnia report themed holiday gifts so thank you so much um jessica gave us a like a, a custom candle, which was awesome. And then yeah. the one Kirsten gave us smells so good. And it has one of those crackly wooden wicks, which Ooh. we love. We love that ASMR. So we're excited to <laughs> use them after the new moon candle yeah. is it's done. Almost, it's almost there, probably like yeah. one or two more episodes. Yeah. Who knows? Do you want to put bets on it? Uh, no. What are we betting? I bet you a tub of Ben and Jerry's. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do you? Do you want something else? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. So, okay. So what's your prediction of when it will go out? I think I'm going to guess episode, end of episode 15. Okay. Can I see it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to guess episode 17. Okay. All right. Should we shake on it? Let's shake on it. Okay. Let it be known, folks. That was a good handshake from far away, from over the table. (laughs) Yes, good. Now that we've got that squared away. (laughs) Also, my family got me a bunch of, like, haunted places in the world or unsolved mystery, like a bunch of books and magazines, and my mom gave us a plate to keep our candle so we're all set, basically. Yeah, so this is great. Thank you. You all Thanks are a gift. <laughs> the best gift of all. My dad got <laughs> me the book on witchcraft by Cotton Mather from our Salem witch episode. I mean, it's not only from our episode. <laughs> we it actually created happened it. We wrote life, history. But... Wait, if we had that power, why are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
But what's kept me up at night? Like the coup that almost <laughs> happened yesterday. Uh, we were off to a good start. And yeah, that was, yeah, we, no, Elizabeth and I stayed up all night watching the news. Yeah. It was fun. It was um, actually very embarrassing and I'm not, mm. I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm not surprised either. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. What else? What has kept you up at night? I guess getting back into the swing of things is just kind of a weird transition. I, my company gave us a soft close where it was like, we didn't have to technically log on we just checked our emails every now and again so my sleep schedule got really messed up I was up until like 2 a.m every day and having to go from that to waking up at 5 Uh. (laughs) a.m it was a it was a I am not recovered so yeah rough transition lots of things to look forward to though um we watched the first episode of The Bachelor and I don't I think Mm. um he's going to crack i don't think he's going to be able to handle it yeah because he's like a um he's a virgin uh to the match yeah. like he <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know his business but yeah I, but, uh, <laughs> reality tv virgin <clears throat> right he normally contestants have been on the show and like they were a previous contestant fan favorite and they were just like nope yeah you yeah he's it, part of the common us common folk who are not used to being on tv Ooh, that was a good, good one. flame. And it was blue, the match. So it's oh. not like. Good ASMR there. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> She's popping. Okay, so you go first on paranormal days. Would you like to tell mm-hmm. me something spooky? Mm hmm. <laughs> you sound so excited. I do. Well, you're familiar with this with this one. Okay. Um. I'm I'm familiar with a lot of paranormal yeah. and true crime is my expertise. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the 1850s and 60s, there was a prison in southern Illinois called the Alton Military Prison. And it was the first Illinois state penitentiary. Um, uh, I know this. Yep. And it was going to close... And so they needed to build another one. This new prison was going to be built about 40 miles southwest of Chicago in Joliet. And we just watched the Destination Fear episode where they stayed overnight in Joliet uh, prison. So I decided it was worth a a revisit. Um, shout out to the Destination Fear crew for a very scary episode. Yes. And kudos because I would never be able to do that. I get scared going in our basement. I don't know how, like, Mm-mm. even if I know a place isn't, I mean, well, first of all, our basement is haunted. Second of all, mm-hmm. even if I'm in a place where I don't, like, it's, I know for sure it's like not or whatever. Like if I've never felt anything, I still get scared. Yeah. Like you ever Me run too. up the your basement stairs as a kid and be like, like I still do that. Well, yeah, me too, <laughs> honestly. But okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but shout out to all of them. Yes. I, I love all of them. Yeah, it's a great show. Check it out. Yep. If you have not seen it, it's one of our um, favorite paranormal shows at the moment. So yeah. yeah. They don't try to cheese ball anything. Yeah. They are all 
like childhood friends and it's very wholesome and mm-hmm. they're all I just it's a good show we we really enjoy it okay so Juliet Julie I don't know Juliet. It's Juliet. It's Juliet. It's Juliet. Yeah. Yes. It's Juliet. So the prison was built, this new prison, Juliet Correctional Facility or Correctional Center, was built originally in 1858. And it was built by prisoners who were released from other facilities. And they built it out of limestone. They were leased. Yeah. So like brought from, I think they were brought from Alton Military Prison to build it. Oh, Okay, so like in Shawshank Redemption, where they use the prisoners to build the roof. I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. Elizabeth. I know, I really want to watch it. It's my favorite movie. Really? Yeah. How did I not know that? What's your favorite movie? Uh, I have two, Forrest Gump and Spotlight. Oh, I love Forrest Gump. Have I seen Spotlight? It's the one about it's the, the one church in Boston. The, that made you want to get into journalism? Yeah, like the one about the sex abuse scandal. Rachel McAdams or yeah. something. Yeah, that's a good one. one. Yeah, yeah. And the creepy priest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay. So, Joliet Prison, they quarried all this limestone that was there and built the prison out of that. And also, they built it on a foundation of limestone. Wow. So that people couldn't, like, tunnel out to try to escape. Interesting. Yeah. And limestone is said to amplify spiritual properties and experiences. So... That helps, I guess, with the ghost thing. Limestone and water. Yeah. There are over 20 buildings in the prison complex, and it's gigantic, which we saw on Destination Fear. They had some cool, like, drone shots. Anyway, watch the show. Watch the episode. Anyway. It's season two. Let us know what you think. Yes. Please write us at theinsomniareport at gmail.com and let us know (laughs) if you're also a fan of Destination Fear. Yeah. Okay. So you know what the prison looks like, and it was actually designed by this architect named William Boyington, and he also designed the water tower downtown. Doesn't it, like, if you think about it, don't they kind of look similar? Yeah. Yeah. And that's made of limestone, too. I've heard the water tower's haunted. Oh, I'm sure it is. Well, what isn't? (laughs) True. Everything's haunted. We all have demons, so. Yes. But yeah, no, I never put that together, so. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. When the prison opened in Joliet, the Tribune, the Chicago Tribune said, We came away fully impressed with the belief that the important trusts at Joliet are in good hands, that there is growing estate work which will be for long years to come the pride of her citizens. How poetic. Yeah. I guess people were excited about it. By 1878, so 20 years after it opened the prison had around 2,000 inmates and was way over capacity and at one point was the largest prison in the U.S. and since there was no juvenile facility nearby some inmates were as young as 10. 10? Mm-hmm. So children were housed there too. What? Which is like horrifying. Like, that is. The prison had a long history of forced prison labor so... They would manufacture things on the premises, basically using them as, like, slave labor. And, yeah, just furthering the prison industrial complex. Um, But eventually, everything made by the prisoners was used by prisoners. So 
it wasn't used by people outside the prison anymore or sold or anything. Interesting. Um, which I thought was interesting. And that included uh, during the Great Depression when parents couldn't afford to buy their kids new toys, they would bring their old ones to get fixed by the prisoners for free. I mean, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, but, like, they probably weren't doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They were doing it because they were forced to. Thanks, my rubber duck. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It was an unsanitary and very dangerous place, obviously, but, like, to a degree that was really bad. The prison and the city of Joliet were really closely identified with one another, and already in the 1880s, Joliet was also known as the prison city. And tourists would come and travel there to see the prison. And you, you could take a tour for 25 cents a person. And they sold, like, souvenirs with the prison on it and stuff. That would... Yeah. People would make tourist attractions out of the weirdest things. Like, I heard in Mexico... This is a long story. I don't have to tell it. But basically, long story short... And probably a story for another day. But there was this place where you had to, like, pay to have your family buried there even after you paid for the original plot. Mm-hmm. So, like, they would literally take out the graves if you couldn't afford it anymore. And they, like, put it into, like, this tomb. So now there's a museum of all these, like, mummies. Oh, my God. I read it in one of my magazines for my family. <laughs> I know in Germany, in some places, they do that, too, where, like... If you can't pay for it anymore, they remove the remains. But I don't know where they put them. That would, I would hate that job. I know, right? Oh. Oh. Shivers. Okay. Shiver me timbers. Yeah, so people would come in and, like, take tours of the prison when it was an operating prison. And this was like the main thing the city was known for aside from the Joliet Iron and Steel Works which was at one time the second largest steel mill in the U.S. random fact. So by 1905 activists were calling for the prison to close and another prison was built very close by it's called the Stateville Penitentiary and that was built in 1926. And it was meant to be a replacement for Joliet so that it could finally close. and But this just kept happening where, like, people would call for it to close and then it never did. So, like, before World War II, they're like, okay, we're going to close it. And then they didn't because World War II happened. And then in the 70s, people were like, okay, this is, like, a really horrible prison. We should close it. No one closed it. So Joliet and Stateville were, like, both operating at the same time, even though Stateville was supposed to replace it. Um, fun fact, Joliet Prison did not have toilets until the 1950s. That's horrible. Yeah. What did they do? I don't know. I truly do not know. I, I mean, that's just like... Probably had like a pan. Yeah. Like one of those, uh, you know, pans. Yeah. That they... Exactly. Pan in. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's just one example of how horrible it was there. Ugh. And... Heebie-jeebies. Fun fact, no, sorry, this is not a fun fact. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) John Wayne Gacy was actually executed at Stateville Prison in 1994. But, and he also briefly stayed at Juliet right beforehand. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, I hate him, but. Yeah. I I went, when I was researching this, I went down a rabbit hole about him and. um, Oh, was that the, okay. Yeah, it was very intense. 
Finally, Joliet Prison closed in 2002. That recent? Yeah. Oof. Governor of Illinois, George Ryan, closed it for budgetary reasons, but also probably because it was horrible. Right. I mean, I mean, at least I hope so. Like, I hope that's why they closed it. But since then, it has been vandalized a lot. A few of the buildings have been set on fire. Oh. And... Yeah, it opened for tours in 2018, run by the Joliet Area Historical Museum. They're trying to market it to Route 66 tourists, and, like, the goal is to make it the Alcatraz of the Midwest. That's what they call oh. it. But this includes uh, haunted tours as well. And that's where? <laughs> <laughs> well, quickly no. before I get into the ghosts, some of the famous inmates there include... First of all, fictional ones. So, John Belushi's character in The Blues Brothers, Joliet Jake Blues, stayed there or was in prison there. And they filmed part of it there, I think. And then in Prison Break, which I haven't seen. Oh, isn't that like the the show where the guy has a tattoo of the prison map and they're like, we're going to break out of here? I have no idea, but that sounds possible (laughs) i could be totally wrong but (laughs) yeah in prison break it's known as the fox river state penitentiary interesting weird and then it's also been an empire and then there's a bob dylan song called percy's song where he mentions it which is kind of cool hey hey (laughs) yeah it sounds just like that (laughs) that was a terrible bob dylan (laughs) some Real-life famous inmates include John Wayne Gacy, who I already mentioned, these guys named Leopold and Loeb. I think that's how you pronounce them. Have you heard of them? Yes. They're horrible. Yeah. They were two students at UChicago who kidnapped and murdered a 14-year-old boy named Bobby Franks in 1924 because um, they wanted to demonstrate their intellectual superiority. Bennett? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Bachelor Bennett. And they thought that they could get away with the perfect crime. But obviously they didn't because they went to prison in Joliet. Other famous inmates who have been in Joliet are Richard Speck, who sexually assaulted one person and then tortured and murdered eight student nurses from South Chicago Community Hospital in 1966 also james earl ray who assassinated martin luther king jr Mm. babyface nelson (laughs) who was a gang member a bank robber a murderer all those things yeah like in the capone times exactly and then adolf lutgertz who was the original sausage king of chicago um how did he get that title I think he, he worked in, like, a sausage factory. Oh, I thought it was, I don't know, like, <laughs> I thought of, like, the, the book The Jungle. Oh, yeah. You know, like. Yeah, that's probably, like, what he did. But then my mind was, like, oh, we're talking about, like, paranormal and true crime right now. And I'm, like, did he make sausage out of people? I don't know, but he. Probably not. He I've... killed his wife and dissolved her body in a sausage vat filled with lye at his meatpacking warehouse. Okay. And when, when he was in prison, he claimed that his dead wife was haunting him. I so, would, too. <laughs> same. Uh, like, 
Hard same. Oh, rest in peace. Now that's a good segue to go on to the hauntings there. Done. Done. Um, obviously in Destination Fear, they found, experienced some creepy paranormal things. People are known to hear crying, wailing, and predatory whistles. Like, which I like, don't like. like I think so. That was a good one. That was really good. <laughs> Kudos to you on that. That was really good. Thank you. I didn't even, oh my God, I didn't even warm up. Yeah, that's true talent right there. <laughs> that's what that means though, right? Like a. I think so. I, yeah. I don't know. That sounds predatory to me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. In 1932, there was a singing ghost phenomenon that drew literally crowds of thousands of people to the prison to try to spot it. And they would like hear singing between 1130 and midnight every night. And it sounded like Latin church music or something. And so people would gather in the old convict cemetery and... Along with, like, groups of ghost hunters, which I was thinking would make a great Netflix show, like, Ghost Hunters in the 30s. Can you picture it? Yeah. Like, they don't have a spirit box or anything. They're just like, oh, what are they chap, Did you hear that? I know. <laughs> I don't know what, like... So. Um, there was a lot of general mayhem that came with these large crowds. Like, there was some, like, car parking scheme where people would get their windshields broken and, like, I don't know... But the police were concerned and told people that the singing ghost was actually a prisoner named William Chrysler, who liked to sing on his way to and from his work in the quarry. But some people today don't actually believe that it was him and that it was just like an excuse to get people to stop coming to the prison. Mm. And they think it was actually a ghost. So no one really knows. Mm. Um, that like gave me goosebumps, though. Like especially yeah. like Latin church music. I know. No. I know. I don't it's like weird. that. There was a guy named George Chase who was a horse thief and who also attacked the deputy warden with a rock. He was the first execution at Joliet. Oh. And he was hanged there in 1866. And his head was removed afterward because scientists wanted to study his brain to see if they could, like, find some sort of evidence of his criminality. So people report seeing his head just his head wandering around just like floating trying to find his body i don't know if it's if it's head wandering around or if it's headless body maybe it's both i don't know which one i dislike more but they're both yeah i don't i don't have a preference for i mean i personally feel like i'd lose my head if it wasn't attached that's yeah but i know it's that's horrifying or like can you imagine like thinking you like tripped on a rock and then it like rolls over and he's like have you seen my body oh my god isn't that, that reminds me of um hocus pocus yeah he loses his head <laughs> yeah in the graveyard uh, yeah good i miss halloween me too it was too fast this I year there was one prisoner who reportedly was dismembered in the old segregation building and his body parts were scattered throughout the upper level of the unit how did they get away with that i want to know i don't know I hate it. But that's just an example of a violent death. There are hundreds, probably thousands of deaths at the prison, probably more than a thousand, and many of them were violent. The prisoner shower stalls are said to contain a strong smell of blood because there are so many violent beatings that happen there. 
people hear voices. Um, there's a whole Facebook page for Haunted Joliet Prison, and they post a ton of videos from their investigations, which is really interesting. You can, like, hear their voice recordings and stuff. Ooh. And uh, one of them picked up a spirit's voice telling people to F off. Polite. So they get lots of voices like that. There were quite a few prison riots over the years as well, which led to deaths and violence. So, of course, that's a source of paranormal activity. In the early 1900s, the warden of the prison was named Edmund Allen. And in 1915, his wife, Odette, who was a singer known as the Angel of Joliet, she was murdered and her bed was set on fire in the warden's quarters is that how she died yeah i think so oh my god and and no one knows exactly who did it there was a guy who was convicted of it but they don't know if he actually did it so she could also be the singing ghost that's another theory so she sings in latin in the afterlife i guess maybe it's like church music i don't like either of oh (laughs) that's so sad that's horrible it's really it's horrible yeah yeah that's basically it i mean like there's so many just like little things that people capture in videos and on tours and stuff um that it would take too long to list out all of them but it's definitely haunted and (laughs) very creepy let's go yeah i really want to go let's tour it you can take different kinds of tours like a normal tour or you can do a haunted tour let's do the haunted tour yes let's do it spooky yes spooky ooky thank you for that welcome Tell me a story. Mine is a little a little short. It's okay. So, I am taking you on a ride. Oh, boy. Literally a ride because this is an ocean liner. Ooh. And it was built in 1930, and it was bigger than the, 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 the Titanic. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it was built in 1930, and it was larger than the Titanic. So this is the Queen Mary. I think I've been on the Queen Mary. In San Diego? Yeah. Really? It was a long time ago, though. I mean, it's still cool. Or I walked past it or something. When were you in San Diego? When I was, like, 14. Ooh, angsty. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, you're good. No, this is something on my bucket list, so... Maybe we'll we'll go. On yeah, a... I don't think I actually went on it now that I think about it. Yeah, she was known as the grandest ocean liner in the world. She was a little chonky at 1,019 feet long, and she weighed 81,000 gross tons. Oh, my God. She was big. Big girl. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, in May of 1936, she finally set sail, and she would take – it was – you know, the peak of luxury, it was super fast. It was able to, and and this is, it was originally made in England, if I'm not mistaken. So is that why it was called the Queen Mary? Yes. It was named after that queen, Queen Mary. Um, the queen <laughs> whose name was Mary. Mary. <laughs> and uh, it would take everyone from the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, even Winston Churchill, Bob Hope, you know, a lot of people of the time just got to board this 
sacred vessel, if you will. And it was, um, like I said, the largest and most luxurious transatlantic ocean liner in the world. But um, it was cut a little short because World War II happened. Mm. So she was uh, drafted, I guess, and she uh, had her luxurious features stripped down and she was painted gray and she was given the name The Gray Ghost. Ooh. And that's the paranormal story. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's super fitting, though. She then became a warship. So her job, or I guess the ship, I guess I'll call her her. Like, yeah, people do that. It's fine. She's a, okay. So she was used to transport 15,000 mostly U.S. troops overseas at a time. And they were, like, packed like sardines. And in total, through all the trips, I think it ended up transporting 800,000 men. Oh, my gosh. For World War II. That's so many. Um, Something to know while she served during World War II is she was faster than a torpedo. And she was bigger than the Titanic and even faster than a German U-boat. So Hitler hated it. And (laughs) good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he offered at the time any submarine captain $200,000 for anyone that can sink it. Um, But no one could. So, ha. Ha ha. (laughs) Some suckers. Um, In 1942, so this one's sad. So, to avoid submarine areas i guess the ships would move in like a zigzag pattern so it wouldn't be detected as easily or you know you could kind of i guess it's like oh it's changing course or i don't know i'm not a navy man so in 1942 it was moving in its zigzag fashion in seas or areas where nazi u-boats or submarines tended to be Mm -hmm. and it would move in this zigzag pattern to try to throw off the course or try not to be detected whatever the strategy is um it also had an escort ship which was an ally ship called the carousel but this ship smaller ship was escorting the queen mary and the queen mary had a strict guidelines that no matter what happens, I think mainly because it was transporting so many men or, you know, was on a mission, you cannot slow down. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not sure how it happened if it was like, you know, in the zigzag fashion or because it was such a fast ship, it crashed into the escort ship. Oh, no. And it like made it split in half and almost 300 people died. Wow. Um Unfortunately, it did crash into the other ship. The Queen Mary was completely fine, you know, untouchable. However, on the Curacao, the almost 300 men died. So the other ship split in half? The other ship split in half. Oh, my gosh. And because it had strict orders to just keep going, they couldn't save the men. And this was also because, you know, the U-boats were in the area and had they not followed the strict orders, like maybe they could have overtaken them or Mm. whatever the the reason is, the captain had to move on Mm -hmm. and not save the other ship. So they did, you know, radio in or communicate to ally ships, uh, the British ships nearby to rescue them. But 
by the time the ships arrived, um, they were only able to rescue 99 men out of the 430 on board. Oh, wow. Because a lot of them died of either drowning or hypothermia because it was in cold water. Yeah. So super sad. But, you know, it was a very important ship during World War II. And then eventually after the war, it was, um, you know, returned back into a civilian ship and, you know, it was turned back into a hotel. And then in 1967, she was taken on her last voyage by Captain John Treasure Jones. <laughs> and he said, in the older days, it was travel by sea, but now you just hop into one of those damn wind machines and they take you anywhere in no time almost. Those damn wind machines. <laughs> I, I watched a documentary about it. So, oh. But uh, Long Beach, California is now her home and it was purchased by Long Beach for $3.5 million. And... In her total, she had crossed the Atlantic 1,001 time. Wow. Times. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. But like I said, she had transported over 800,000 men. So. Wow. Yeah. So now she's a hotel and a museum. And with that, she's also a hotspot for paranormal. Naturally, because of its history of the... A ship used for World War II. I'm sure there's a lot of weird energy there. And as you had mentioned, water and limestone. It was not built of limestone, <laughs> but water <laughs> is a conductor of paranormal. So a couple haunts are obviously some men died um, on the ship. And this is a really sad way, but um, because, you know, they were packed so tightly like sardines in the summer some men would get heat stroke because there were no ac units oh no i saw a photo and it was literally like standing room only and it would take like a week to get to europe oh my god i mean they had like bunkers and stuff so it wasn't yeah but apparently some men died that way which is horrifying um another way that men died on the ship was they could have picked up some enemies of war or prisoners of war and the prisoners, sorry, mm-hmm. trigger warning, the prisoners could have committed suicide because they didn't want to, you know, be prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. For the Caracoa, I think that's it. Car- what did I say? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> the, how to say The it ship either. that sank. I'm sorry. I should have researched more. But the ship that sank for that tragedy, it's, it's heard that you can hear residual sounds of metal crashing you can hear waves and you can even hear men crying for help oh gosh there is a ship door one of those like watertight ones Mm -hmm. and it's actually door number 13 Ooh, which is an unlucky number episode 13 in episode 13 it all ties together and one man was actually crushed to death during a safety drill of all things Oh, God. And his ghost can be seen around Randy. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good. So I think much. that was the first time he's ever, like, actually. Oh, rude. <laughs> Didn't Ghost Adventures go to the Queen? I think Mary? so, yeah. I think I remember that episode. So before we were <laughs> interrupted by Randy, they call this man half hatch hairy because oh. he was like cut in half so unfortunate horrible oh. and he can be seen around the door 
and you can see him wearing like the white coveralls. Mm. People also around this area see apparitions out of the corner of their eye and they can hear footsteps and whistling. On the first class pool deck, two women actually drowned and you can see women in 1930 swimwear around the pool. At least they're together. Yeah. That was like my first thought. <laughs> That's horrible. But. Yeah. Uh, and another girl named Jackie fell into the pool. She was unsupervised and she drowned. And around the area, you can also hear child's laughter or you can see an apparition of a little girl skipping. Wow. Sad. That's creepy. Yeah. I have goosebumps. Oh. Uh, in the VIP lounge, this one I don't like. Okay. Hit, uh, hit me with it. <laughs> There were two workers, and they were set to clean. And when they entered the room, there was a passenger sitting in a chair in the middle of the dance floor and, like, wasn't saying anything and just, like, staring off. And then a third worker came in and said, oh, like, you need to move, or can you move so we can clean or whatever. And the woman who was sitting there, the passenger, just faded in front of them. Ah, that really freaks me out. I hate that. And it was in 1989. Mm. There is a room called the Mayfair Room, which in its time it was used as a beauty salon, but now it is the office for the hotel. And workers feel like they're being watched. They feel cool spots. Uh, They see figures in white out of the corner of their eye, which could have been the sailor uniforms. Mm. Um, Super creepy. And one employee said that they felt like they someone brushed up against them so gross and then there's cabin b340 which is the most haunted room and people would get complaints about tapping noises knocking from the outside whispers their beds would shake they'd hear voices water would turn on by itself the lights would flicker bed sheets would get ripped off etc just basically horrible things I hate all of that. <laughs> and they got so many complaints that they actually shut the room down and they like ripped everything out of it because there was so much activity. So oh they retired it as a room so no one can sleep in it now. I wonder like how many strikes you have to get, you know? Yeah. Like I, wh- whenever we do a hotel story, it's always like, yeah, and there's this room that no one goes in. And it's like, how many complaints? Right. Three, five. What What's your policy? Like, when, at what point are they like, all right, this is too haunted? Okay. Um, well, I mean, workers won't go in there by themselves. So that is probably a good indicator. Wow. Um, can you imagine just being like an employee that's like, this room is haunted. And it's like you said that about every room. It's like, I don't want it clean. Okay. <laughs> and then in the boiler room, there's always, there's the, always boiler the boiler room. room. <laughs> there's actually, I think this is the scariest of them all. Oh, there's God. a little girl who will just nope. like, yep. Nope. <laughs> She'll either just be sucking her thumb or carrying a doll. Do you think it's really a little girl? No. <sighs> Probably not. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, that's really creepy. So. Oh, I hate it. If you do want to go to the Queen Mary, they do ghost tours. You can also stay the night. I checked, and I think a room is like $130 a night or something like that. It's actually not that bad if you split it between like two people. Right. But take up. I don't really want to do that, though. Might be fun. We should definitely do a ghost tour. We should do a tour. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many places to visit. We should just like make a little YouTube channel of our travel, but we're both chickens. Well, yeah, well, that might make it more fun. 
chicken nugget. I don't know though. <laughs> I don't know if I have the mental capacity. I don't know if I do. That might Let's do it. I don't much. know. I, I think we, we should go for it. We can be a podcast on the road. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Let's do it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Hmm. hmm. No idea. Hmm. Oh, the insomnia road trip report. Yes. Yeah. I like it. It's a road trip we go. So that is the Queen Mary. Ooh, that's so creepy. Yep. It's um it. it's sad, but an important part of history and it is I seriously it is one of the most like popped up I I saw this location everywhere, like in multiple books and magazines that I own whenever you do a search of like most haunted places in the world or it even like the US, but like especially if it's on the world list but mm-hmm. it pops up everywhere and wow. it's interesting because when I think of it like I when I think of like paranormal it's not like the first thing that goes to me I guess mm-hmm. but you know I there you have it yeah but, I bet there are a lot of haunted boats because of the water thing well yeah and I guess it's just like unpredictable or you're mm-hmm. there for so long and yeah it, you know stuff happens on the water yeah you know? so um I'm afraid of open water. <laughs> Me too. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. So, but yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't move anymore. Like it doesn't, it's, yeah, like, it's like permanently docked. docked. Right? Mm-hmm. So that, there you have it. Uh, Ooh, bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs> to go uh, nowhere. Episode 13. <laughs> yeah. Concluded. Thank, thank you all for listening this week to our reports. I am Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. Would you like to tell them where to find us? Yes. You can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Insomnia Report. And you can also send us an email with your own stories because we want to do listener episodes. So send us your stories, whatever they are. Maybe listener just... reports. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Listener reports. Whether it's something paranormal or something weird that happened to you, just anything, we'll take it. And we would love to tell your story on our podcast. Of course. And obviously, before we go, we would love to give credit to the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish, and music production is by Justin Toom. And our cover art is by Erica Chase. Go, Erica. Again, I'm Margo. And I'm Elizabeth. Tune in next week where we will cover things we wish we learned in school yes good night stay sleepy sweet dreams